Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Never boring study up on the financial news and yesterday we got a surprise cut from OPEC. Yes folks, it looks like OPEC will be cutting a million barrels of production starting in May. This is on top of the purported 500,000 cut from Russia. So what does this mean? Well, probably wouldn't shock you that if you're going to cut supply that the price will rise. So I would expect oil in the energy stocks to have a very good morning. Um, you know, oil probably up four, five, six bucks would not shock me. But I do think there is a couple of bigger questions. Let's just have, let's just talk about this like adults. Is it possible that OPEC is doing this on purpose to punish the United States or something like that? Of course, that is possible. Could it also mean that OPEC sees the world economy slowing down? Could they be seeing data out of Europe, out of Asia, and yes, even out of the United States, where they need to cut production so oil prices don't go from 75 to 55? I actually think and you've heard me talk about a worldwide recession being very likely this year. I actually think OPEC is cutting prices because they see weakness in demand. I could be wrong. This could be conspiracy theory. There could be some ulterior motive, running from the dollar, whatever. I don't think that's it. I really do think the world economy is slowing down and OPEC is the first organization to say, hey, we're in for some problem because they can't see oil go from 75 to 55. That would be lower than the cost of production and become a problem. So it will be very interesting to see how the data unfolds over the next six to eight weeks. You know that I think the consumer broke two Saturdays ago. But again, all of this, we can, we can all speculate all we would like. I would offer up just wait six or eight weeks. We will have the answer. Finally, on the OPEC front, let's just again be honest with each other. They have not held to their promises very often. I'm going to cut this. I'm going to go that. They seem to do what they want anyway. So it'll be very interesting to see if an actual cut actually happens or if this is just more noise for the system. Second, does this complicate the Fed's job? The simple answer is, of course it does. Oil is in lots of things. Oil is just one of those commodities that works its way into, you know, producer prices, CPI, consumer prices, PCE, in so many surprising ways. So without question, oil going from 75 to 80, 80 to 90, and heaven forbid, 90 to 100, that is inflationary. Just no questions about it. So yes, it can potentially make the Fed's job harder. Third, what will this do to consumers? Well, 
if you were on the margins and oil goes up, right? Gas goes up 50 cents a gallon, whatever it is. Your available funds for what's called discretionary spending goes down. Now, you know that I believe the consumer is broken and they're fearful and they're taking money out of banks, put it in coffee cans. So they're already pretty afraid. But this will lower potentially discretionary spending if we see this roll through to the gas pump. And then finally, the shocker of all shockers, I checked right before starting this video. Oil's up. Talk of inflation is up. The 10-year note is crashing. As of this recording, literally five minutes ago, it was down seven basis points. It is getting close to 3.4. So what does that mean? You should expect interest rates uh, on the mortgages to come down. And we know now, and we will talk about it in a moment, interest rates matter. It sparks demand. We had some pretty shocking numbers on real estate. So again, lots of things. And then finally, President Biden, you told the American public that you would replenish the SPR Strategic Petroleum Reserve when oil got below 80 and you didn't. Shame on you. SPR, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, is at a record low. You told us when you released all of this that you were going to, hey Catherine, how are you? Thank you for the super chat. Thank you very much. Wow, first super chat, thank you. But back to President Biden. You told us that you would replenish it below 80. You didn't. Shame on you. That is not cool. Hey, Evo. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate the super chat. You guys are wonderful. I appreciate you. So again, this, this, was, a, this was a miss. This was a miss. I would expect the other side to capitalize on it. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve is important. It is critical. It is there for emergencies. It should have been replenished. And the near as I can tell, it wasn't. I believe that was a mistake. So yesterday we talked about the shocking news coming from Brian Lebo that Las Vegas real estate was up month on month. I just saw a note from John Wake, somebody who has been on this channel, who is a wonderful follow on Twitter. If you follow him on Twitter, send him a note today saying, I, you know, Michael at one rental at a time highlighted uh, your information. He talked about Arizona. I want to make sure I get the data right. Arizona is up also. So think about the two hardest markets hit, Vegas and Phoenix. iBuyers, stupid people rushing in. We had that huge pop last year that was fake. Now we seem to have reversed a little bit. Now again, it's very early. It is kind of odd. It is definitely inventory related. More on that in a minute. But Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona was up $9,000. Yep. Now it's still down year on year, 41 grand, no question. Still down year on year. But again, the trend uh, does seem to have reversed in February. And the inventory numbers, the active listings are crashing. I believe this is from memory. We can go look them up together later. I think inventory in Phoenix area got like to 18,000. And now they're sub 11. 
This is what's going on. We are seeing that bifurcated or bipolar housing market. Below the median on fire, above the median stacking up. It's happening everywhere in the country, near as I could tell. Active, list, active inventory. Shout out Bill McBride. Folks, I share with you folks I follow on Twitter because I trust them. They're very data oriented. So again, uh, John Wake before Bill McBride here. Bill McBride, active inventory week on week fell 0.8%. Folks, that's, that's tough. That's almost a 1% fall in a week. And again, if you heard my conversations with Jason Pritchard, if you haven't, you should check it out. He has a playlist, playlist just called Jason. He talked about his portfolio of flips, November and December, stacking up. All of them vanished in January, early February. He just put four projects on the market last week. All are in contract. If you are flipping below the median and a good product, it's going to sell. As rates come in, this is just where we are. Bidding wars are back for entry-level homes. Offer review dates are back for entry-level homes. Folks, the housing market in all locations is two markets. There is below the median and above the median. One sec, Sonny's crying. Hey, Sonny, I'm sorry. Guys, if you haven't heard, Sonny had a uh, eye issue over the weekend, and because of this cone, he is not comfortable getting in his uh, bed. So he was whining, so I picked him up. Hopefully that's okay. So again, give a shout out to Bill McBride on Twitter, a wonderful, wonderful follow. Uh, real estate prices, this came from Black Knight. Black Knight came out with some numbers yesterday talking about the entire U.S. housing market. Yes, the housing market is uh, up 0.16% month on month. Uh, yes, folks, uh, 39 of the top 50 U.S. markets saw housing prices go up. Again, this is because of the low end being so competitive and the luxury market being stuck. Again, Black Knight is still predicting Black Knight is still predicting price declines this year. I, will, I expect them to reverse that decision later in the year. But again, Black Knight has a lot of data. Trust Black Knight. I'm just going the other way. But again, you can look at them. Uh, the Black Knight says we are still down from the peak of June, 2.6%. 2.6%. That is what we are down. Certainly not a crash. I would argue not even a correction. Again, these are national numbers. Your market may be different. Side hustles. I don't know if you've seen this. This came from a survey from Lending Club. Lending Club. Again, when I wake up in the morning, I don't have a pre-prescribed pre list of articles to read. I just bounce around. So I got, I got onto a Lending Club survey. Apparently, 50% of U.S. adults, yes, 50%, have some type of side hustle. I don't know about you, but I was rather surprised by that. Again, 50% of U.S. workers have a side gig. Could this be the reason that we are seeing very low participation rates? It is possible to turn a side gig into a full-time gig. It could be why we have growing entrepreneurs and all of that. Gary V talks about all the time, run your own shop, make 80 grand a year, be happy versus work somewhere else, make 120 and be miserable. Again, I was shocked. 50% of U.S. adults 
uh, have a side hustle. That is a Lending Club survey if you want to go read the article. Discipline. One of the things I often get asked, and I was asked again, what were kind of the keys or success to gaining wealth? And unfortunately, I don't have a better answer than discipline. It takes a series of consistent decisions and time. Cash flow from real estate takes time. The first property may only do 100, 200, 300, whatever it is. It's not going to change your life. But you get that second, third, and fourth. Then you do nothing else, nothing else. By the time you, you know, 20, 30 years in, that cash flows in the thousands. Your equity position is great. You have plenty of options. This is what it takes. It takes discipline. You're getting heavy, buddy. Oh, stay there. So again, discipline. And I say this because I always envision a snowball rolling downhill, right? Back from the cartoon days where it just picks up everything. Too many people get three, four, five years into this and they make a fatal, fatal mistake. They start saying nonsense like, I deserve it. If that is your mentality at year three, four, or five, you're going to go backwards. You haven't done anything yet. At year five, that little trickle might be a consistent flow, but you're not there yet. For most people, it will take eight to 10 years, and then yes, you will get there. Hey, Chester, how you doing, buddy? Thanks. I appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate all the super chats. That's very nice of you. But again, discipline. And then bed, bath, and beyond. Folks, as I have shared over the last couple of weeks, we are going to see increasingly zombie companies go bust. The first one we talked about was Virgin, Virgin Orbits. I forget the name. Basically, it was a, a company trying to land, launch satellites, I believe, into the atmosphere. They busted out. They couldn't raise $200 million. The market has changed. You're not cash flow positive. You don't show a path to profitability. You're not going to be able to raise capital. Bed, Bath & Beyond could be the next. It looks like a bankruptcy clock has started. Based on an article I think I read on Yahoo Finance, they are estimating three weeks before Bed Bath & Beyond either raises capital or goes bankrupt. There will be lots and lots of more of these. In fact, I don't even think the party gets started until the end of the year. I think these little early ones are the sideshow. I think the shocking surprises come Q4 of this year. And then finally, folks, we have an amazing event on April 16th. We are going to have four legends of real estate investing, four ladies, Anna, April, Alicia, and Casey. I will admit, to date, we have only sold 17 tickets. I have to tell you, you guys are sleeping on these ladies. You get to ask them how they got started. Casey started a side hustle that bought her first rental. Alicia, she started with an ugly flip and now runs a big business. April was a nurse practitioner and now does big things. And of course, you know Anna's story. She's been with us several years. April 16th, we are going to start early because I wanted to give all four of these ladies an hour 
to interact with you. Yes, they are not going to use PowerPoint. They're going to answer your questions, how they got started, mistakes, things of that nature. Again, do, you should watch this as a couple. You should ask these questions. All of these ladies are doing big things and will be an open book. Again, you can find it on Eventbrite. You can look uh, for my name, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. I will do my best to post the link after this video is over. But this video, this needs to sell out. I'm opening my Rolodex for millionaires and multimillionaires so you can ask them questions. I hope to see you there Sunday, April 16th, right? Yep, 16th. If you buy a ticket and you can't make it, you will get a copy of the video just like we did for the buy box. Everybody that comes gets to ask questions, gets to interact, and will get a copy of the video so you can replay the whole things or re-listen to your favorite guest. Folks, take care of yourself. Have an amazing day. Like, subscribe, comment. Look at that. We are almost at 45,000. We are 197 people short from 45,000. Please, subscribe today. Let's see if we can have a great day of over 200 new subscribers. Ask one of your friends. You know what? If everybody asked one of their friends to subscribe, we would be over 45,000 by tomorrow morning. Let's see. Like, subscribe, comment. I hope to see you at the ladies event on April 16th. Bye, and thank you for the super chats. That is very kind of you. Take care. Bye-bye.